Hello and welcome to Talking Dad UK, a podcast where we discuss all things dad. Welcome back to Talking Dad UK and I'm joined by Rob. Once again on the podcast, he's been a guest in the past and he's back again for a semi-regular segment that hasn't quite got a sexier name yet, but hello Rob. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, so if um, people are here for the first time, I'm Rob Jones, I'm down on the safe coast I've got two podcasts of my own as well as being on yours regularly. So I do records and bands, which you've been on a lot and you're officially a, a guest host of now, aren't you? Or a guest yeah. co-host. Yep. Um, and then back in May, I launched my second podcast, which is just up the trail, which is about my first big love of hiking and getting outdoors and, you know, wild camping and rock climbing and just generally being outside doing some cool stuff. And you've been on that one as well to talk about your Snowdonia trip. Yeah, I did. I came on and talked as, as a complete novice to uh, mountain hiking about Snowdon. Um, but yeah, by all accounts, you, you, you're doing very well and it's uh, being received very well, isn't it? It has. It seems to, it's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's doing better than I expected. <laughs> but I'm still like, yeah, I, I'm kind of it's getting download numbers, which I only thought were dreams for records and bands. So I've already I'm very nearly past the number of downloads on this one in two months. It took records and bands to, to take a year to get to. Yeah, yeah, it's so, doing well. It's a good listen. So any listeners that are interested, go over and check them ones out. Thank you very you, much. You might you, you might see me over there. You, you'll hear me over there. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, if that's my first love, I suppose my second love, if you like, but my number one job really is being a husband and a dad to my three kids. So I've got two boys and a girl. They're 14, well, nearly 15, 13 next month and nearly 10. Um, and I think being a dad to them is probably like the most stressful and hardest job I've ever had but it's also been like the most rewarding and it's probably yeah it's probably the best thing I've ever done is drag these kids up um, <laughs> and if anyone ever describes it as anything different than the most rewarding and like the worst thing you've ever done I don't think they're doing it the right way no no that's it <laughs> that's you know, how everyone so. describes it that I know of so yeah this is the right place for that kind of conversation and like we said we've connected via social media and both starting podcasts up around the same time so we've been talking a little bit behind the scenes a bit more regularly and obviously about podcast stuff but also about family life and things like that so that's where the idea came from that we would introduce a little bit more of a regular um, guest seat on the podcast um, that gives us a bit more opportunity to discuss some of the more what's the word some of the more intricate sides of fatherhood and family life so we can share war stories with somebody who's a bit more of a familiar voice rather than um each episode is a new guest and we have a certain topic we tend to follow and o o over time hopefully some of these um things we talk about and some of the stories that evolve well that's it just it they'll, they'll evolve and people who are listening will be, be able to check in and follow along and see how we're doing see you know checking on our little wins or on our big struggles or and yeah. almost just yeah follow along the story like it's you know a big convoluted timeline in the marvel cinematic universe or something 
Yeah, and my eldest is going to be six um, very soon, and your eldest is 14. Nearly, fi- nearly 15, 15, yeah. So there's quite a gap there as well, so we're covering quite a broad spectrum there at the same time. Yeah, I've got to try and not be the... Um be the master to your apprentice if, if i start <laughs> laying down all the uh all the advice then uh, you need to tell me to uh wind my neck in wind because in. We, we all find our own ways to do this we all find um yeah we all find our own ways to do this don't we and it's not the same and all the kids are different which we're going to come on to yeah so there's no rights or wrongs neither of us are professionals and anything we're going to talk about we're just doing the best we can with what we've got i think that's fair yeah absolutely and that's the whole point behind where the podcast started really it's about creating that resource library is the best sort of term i've come up with for it where any parent any dad anyone can or even if you are about to become a dad for the first time you can jump in at any point on a certain episode and you can take something away from that conversation. So neither of us are sat here saying this is absolutely how it must be done, <laughs> but we're sharing our story. So you've not long come back from your summer holiday in Tembe. Yes. How was that? Um, it was the first proper one we've had in quite a while mm-hmm. and it was good. Yeah. Um, we, we did have a bit of a false start a little bit, um, not long after um lockdown we were desperate to get away but the baby was still very young and uh, i think we uh, got a bit overexcited and tried to run before we could walk let's say and uh, we didn't have the best couple of nights with with the baby not sleeping and just being in a new strange place and all that kind of stuff so this one was um much better of a, of a family holiday as as we were expecting so the Little one, he's about 18 months now. He was better on this other day, then it was a bit easier, was it? A lot easier, yeah. And it helps because we stayed in a cottage, and it does help because the in-laws were with us, so we had babysitters on tap. Um, but it was the setup was, because he's still in our bedroom at the minute, he's still, my wife's still breastfeeding, so that's the, the, the situation. So... Um, there was a room that was bunk beds, which was going to be the eldest room. And I just thought, let's, because we're here for a week, let's avoid getting into the situation where he doesn't want to start sleeping on his own because he's scared or it's a, a, a new place or whatever it might be. And also, it was only a double bed. So my wife and the baby would have been in a double bed. There wouldn't be much room for me left. So I quickly called dibs on bottom bunk and uh, I let him have the top bunk. So it went well because we just sort of took one kid each and then throughout the day we had the in-laws there that helped so yeah it was a uh, much better and, and a much needed break how do they cope with um how do they cope with summer in general because obviously the nights get longer don't they oh sorry the nights get shorter it's lighter at night it's hotter um like their routine does that change much or is it are they pretty good we try and stick to a fairly firm routine because we found that things get out of hand fast if we don't so so, but the six-year-old he since he was very small he will go and go all night if we let him so if we decided there was a night where he was going to stay up till half 10 because we were in a social situation or something he would do that and, and he would probably still go bed 
fairly okay, and he would still try and wake up at half six, regardless right. of how much sleep he's had. So, yeah, but it was the the, the baby's a bit easier, mm-hmm. but still small, so we've not really got that routine established quite yet. But um, yeah, routine we do st- we do tend to stick to, and we just kind of have to try and work around when it's summer. I know it's very difficult when you have like the light coming through the blind and stuff that they're not used to and all that kind of stuff, but windows open and fans go in and just trying to keep them cool so they sleep better. But yeah. We find with um, Isaac, um, my youngest, so he's nearly 10, when he gets out of routine, all his little sort of quirks and his little issues, they come a bit more to the, to the fore. So um, just for a bit of context, we're pretty sure that he's on the, autism spectrum somewhere we have like before now we've not really entertained the idea of having a having him checked out or having a diagnosis or anything like that i think i've mentioned to you off mic before that we had have our concerns um but yeah we're pretty sure he's on the spectrum somewhere and then when it's certainly like the end of the summer term when it's like sports days and um yeah, yeah, you have like sports days and you go off on school trips, don't you? And it's just not quite your routine as it should be, and it always knocks him out a bit. So yeah, like he's he's a really, really intelligent kid, but he's really, really bright. Um, he's really methodical. So he'll sit and play with the Lego and he's really deliberate over absolutely everything. Um about a month ago, we set him up a keyboard in the kitchen. And he's already knocking out like Imagine Dragons and, and a bit of Beethoven, okay. not, not knocking out some Ode to Joy. Like he's been playing, it might be six weeks, but it's not a very long time at all. Yeah. Um, he's like, he can be really, really affectionate. He'll just come up and sit next to you and like be smothering you in kisses and stuff. Um, sometimes he can be like completely hyper focused and you just won't get his attention off anything like so if he's reading he's in the book if he's doing the lego you won't get him away from the lego and he is properly in it he's very black and white when it comes to morals i suppose so out out of all of us we like we're a vegan family if you like and well we aspire to be vegan. He is 100% down the line. He's not touching anything. And he's had rates of his mates at school about that because, you know, to him, veganism is right and any other way is wrong. Okay. Um, and then the other side of that is, oh, well, yeah. He also, he doesn't, he's not very good at making eye contact. He really doesn't like eye contact. So all of these sort of make us think he's probably on the spectrum somewhere. But one of the biggest things for us, like certainly now at the end of term where he's tired and out of routine, his like temper outbursts, I suppose. And they can just come from nowhere. And it's like a proper boom. And it, it can be as simple as one minute he's playing Lego, the next minute he's throwing stones at the windows because he's just gone completely. Um, and it fits, sometimes it feels like we're sort of treading on eggshells around him a bit because we don't know what's going to kick him off. And yeah. it's like if, he, if he's gone a little bit earlier in the day, then we know a big kickoff's going to come. Right, okay. And this happens all year. It's just, it just seems to be a bit heightened now. Um, and we've we've always kind of thought, like, like, we can cope with it. It's just Isaac being Isaac. Um, but then a few weeks ago, it started coming out a bit at school. Okay. Um, and, like the teachers for the first time saw him 
that other side of him, if you like. And we were like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> um, and there's the other thing of that, you know, he's 10 at the minute. When he's 13 or 14, I might not be able to grab him and pick him up and take him out of that situation when he needs to be. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of a worry. Um, so we've spoken to his teacher and they've recommended, well, they're recommending him for an assessment of some kind. Um, and we're supposed to be having a meeting with family support, which we're told could take a while because of waiting this. Okay, okay. So it kind of moved on quite quick from Isaac being Isaac and, you know, having a temper tantrum at school and to there's three or four days on the banks where he went and we call it when he says his brain fizzes and he can't see properly and you know so I, I don't think he even knows quite what he's doing yeah but we're gonna try and get some help i think and it's it's quite a series of different little assessments isn't it that make this sort of wider assessment i don't really know a lot about it about it to be honest but i don't know if you have any information on that or an idea of that well i think up here in our area it does tend to be i can't remember the exact term for it but there is an assessment they do but from from my sort of understanding of it as i could explain it is it's like a a series of small assessments that make a bigger assessment and they, they check for certain things and and they sort of eliminate other things that could possibly be and you have to sort of work Mm -hmm. your way down to where you end up and um it's interesting that it came out in school because quite often you would normally see that that wouldn't happen at school and it would they they would wait till they get home because that's where they feel comfortable and they can allow it to come out yeah so i think a lot of it he gets he's very tired when he comes home from school and a lot of that i think is him Keep, keeping it all together at school and when he gets home he's knackered just exhausted but, but also at school at the moment his routine's all over the place so when he should be having maths he's having sports day right yeah and when he should be doing history he's off on a camping trip with school or whatever it is you, yeah, do you know what i mean yeah. so it's and i think where he is he very much is a creature of routine as well yeah so and i just think it all feeds i don't know if he is definitely autistic i just know that we could probably do a bit of help at the minute so yeah, and it's and it's probably the if there is a right age, it's probably the right age to start yeah. going down that path because it's the transition into high school, and before you get to sort of the other end where they're coming up to the exams and the important part of school, and then you have to start that, which disrupts things. Best off to start it a bit sooner, and hopefully he then might have, if he needs support, that'll be in place by the time he does go up to secondary school, and then. It, it helps him while he's there but yeah, yeah the, so is it when you when you said that you just took it for him as being him was that because you felt that it was manageable that you could yeah, work with yeah, it yeah or? we can cope with it yeah and it's like we could take his temper tantrum once a week because the rest of the time he's he's amazing but, like, I, I, do you know what? I think it is that if we don't get it checked out, maybe that's doing him a disservice. Yeah. Maybe it's, like, um, because of, like, 
the good side of it the, the, the hyper intelligence and and like the hyper focus if you like and the the, the way how methodical he is and the way he picks up new skills think how far he could go if we get that slightly negative that more negative side if we get that in check with some help like how much further could he go if he's not always fighting that so I think that's kind of the decision we came to but you're always a little bit worried about getting outside organizations involved aren't you because like I think the teacher said something about family support worker will come in to give you a shout and we're like that sounds a bit like social services yeah yeah but like we we decided to ask the teacher about it so it's you know we're it's probably you know that's the right route to go down isn't it yeah. because if anybody is going to have experience of this it, it's bound to be schools isn't it it's going to be oh, a yeah, teacher so they, they won't be the first child that they've ever seen with any kind of traits of this and and started off on that pathway before because it must be a strange thing as a school because you like in this situation you would start it and they're not going to see the mm -hmm. they probably they might not see the end the you know the end result whether it, what what happens and what support he does get because it'll follow him up to high school and he'll just yeah. be like we're quite fortunate that the school is like a primary primary that then runs into secondary all on the same site as well so oh well that's even better then. That, yeah yeah because then you don't have that transition where whatever happens where like schools say oh we, we never got that paperwork through they got no excuse you just keep on top of that one that's and, it, and yeah. you're all right <laughs> it's just trying to get everything sorted out between now well i think it'll be a while it'd be brilliant if we get it sorted out before the summer holidays but it's unlikely like yeah three, three weeks so yeah and the, and the assessment will run sort of independently of however they do it and it probably go to community pediatrics and you might have to get um educational psychologists to come in and they run their report and sort of observe him in class and see how he's doing but if you have the family support that come and run alongside that they might be able to come in and meet with you and your wife and the family and see what it's like at home and just go over some tips and tricks and yeah because one of the things that we're conscious of is that because you know we've only got we rent a small little bungalow down there and Obviously, my daughter's got her own room. Me and the wife are in the box room. Yeah. Like, literally, you can just about walk around two sides of our bed and the rest of it's up against the wall. And, right. You know, so we're right in the tiny room. And the boys share the big room. Okay. But there's, like, Evan's nearly 15. Isaac's 10. Mm -hmm. Well, he'll be 11. But, you know, that's quite a big difference. Whereas, like, 12 and 8... 10 and 6 isn't yeah. much, that much of a difference, but 16 and 12 is a massive difference, isn't it? Yeah. So whether we try and, I don't know, carve out some of his own space from somewhere, I don't know. Is that one of the areas that causes him issue or not at the moment? doesn't seem to be. I mean, he's absolutely, he's absolutely besotted by his big brother, so I think he's quite happy, it. happy spend spending as much time as possible it's not always reciprocated yeah but that's a plus uh, that they get on i mean they could be yeah like cat and dog and they've unfortunately got to share a room still cost yeah. <laughs> me an absolute fortune because um evan the eldest started getting into this warhammer right which means isaac's into the warhammer okay so <laughs> yeah there is always yeah. that i mean as they get older they tend to get into more expensive hobbies 
and interests. And if the younger one's with him and he wants to be with him all the time, then you've got to do it twice over. That's it. <laughs> so, so um, coming up to summer, that's really what facilitated all this, I think, is the way he's been out of his, like I said before, the way he's been out of his routine. But I'm guessing your routine in the summer is a bit different to ours because, like, Hazel's always been an at-home mum, so <clears> we've <throat> never had to worry about, like, childcare. So what I was wondering is how does summer look at your end where obviously you and your wife both work and you've got childcare to deal with and is it fairly straightforward at that end or is it a bit mad it's gonna be a lot different this year than it has been in previous years so obviously last year my wife would have been off on maternity leave and i'm working from home as i still was but i'm at the moment expected to be a little bit more flexible and able to be at work as well as home than it was before. It was just like a given that everyone was at home most of the time. Um, we are fortunate with our in-laws living locally to us and they are retired. So um, that helps a lot. Other than that, um, it's odd really because it's been a few years where we so it would have been before my eldest went to school he was still at the nursery where my wife worked and they were a little bit more flexible that he could go he, you know she could change days and he could go in if we were really stuck and then obviously being off from covid and furloughed and all of that she wasn't at work for quite a long time then she went back for a short period of time, was then pregnant and then off on maternity leave. And in the middle of all that, my eldest went to school. So this is your first proper summer holidays with you both not yeah. te technically at home then? Yeah. Yeah. And it's the first real one since he's been at school that we've had to kind of juggle the, you know, what holidays can you get? What can I get? Which bits do we need covering? When are your mum and dad available to have them? And all of that has got to go around your head. Um so yeah, this is the first real one of them where, where we've got to consider all of that. And you really. haven't used some of your like annual leave from work for that as well, then. I, I've got to use some uh, towards the end of August, yeah, just because we, I think a pair, my wife, the in-laws are going on holiday, so we would have been stuck. Um, so I've had to use some for that, which I suppose is what it's there for, but it's a bit begrudgingly because I've got to take some while my wife's at work and then my wife's got to take others when I'm working. So we might not get much time together over the summer or all together as a family. So yeah, that's the kind of see how it goes over this summer. And then we'll kind of know what it's going to be like. <laughs> yeah. So how, how much time do you reckon they would have with the, um, with their grandparents then as it stands apart? If it's an average week and we're not off most days, no, right. pretty much well my wife's off um two days a week so they'll be there three days a week um the eldest one will be um but then obviously i've got a niece and nephew as well and, th and then they might have to be there at certain times as well so the, the in-laws could take in quite a bit of work on <laughs> during and then, days. And then it's good for the kids especially if their cousins are about as well and then yeah they they get to grow up all together and have yeah, that when, time together which they might not have otherwise when it when it works like that it, it you know it's like a best case scenario really i mean you couldn't really ask for much more but um yeah it does get a bit like 
we only send like certain days we only see them at the worst parts of the day and that's like the morning when you're trying to get them up and the night when you're trying to get them in bed <laughs> i tell you what i find the worst in the summer especially like like i say because um hazel's been at, been at home with them every summer uh, it's I, I i have no motivation at work if hazel and the kids are off and they're at home i don't want to be at work no i want to yeah. be here with them having fun so yeah i'm exactly the same and that's made worse when you're working at home because it's so distracting i probably will find myself going into the office a little bit more often to try and avoid that so i could actually get some work done yeah 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 um but i suppose that the other side of it is now he's the eldest one well both really because it, it, because there's no big rush to get up and get him all to get him to school we may have some later nights where we could mm. do things or go somewhere after work or whatever it might be oh, i will alone. put i will put my um older dad hat on just for a second just watch that that like if you don't let the days drift like that in the morning like if, if you if you've got the day and you haven't got to be at work get up and get stuff done because if that day drifts and then all of a sudden it's lunchtime you'd be like oh that's my one day off this week and it's just gone and then you well that's how i feel anyway i don't know i i'm guilty of that i can be guilty of that because you, you feel like you want your own time as well you feel like yeah. you, you need to do your own things or want you you've got certain things you need to do but then if you like you say if you let that drift or you do something that was distracting in the morning and then you've got to cram everything else into the afternoon and then it's bedtime again it's almost like you're still at work isn't it because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i suppose i'm i'm fortunate in a way that work because i work for the local council i get i have like five weeks holiday okay um and i get christmas as well so where there was like you might have to find four days to take off over christmas if yeah. you want that gap you know if you want to join up christmas and new year yeah you'd have to use three days of annual leave whereas i get them days yeah so that's almost an extra week's holiday so that's six weeks holiday so I'm, i'll be taking first week in august and the last week in august and then i've got two days off in the middle of august just that's, so i can hang out with the kids but that's then nice you know yeah I, I used to work shifts but right. when i first left school for a few years i was like effectively self-employed so that was great and then i went into a job where i worked shifts and they, they were quite understanding so i could mix and match my shifts and i could always do extra and overtime and all that so i got used to working like that and then i went into a nine to five monday to friday job about coming up to three years well three years ago and I still don't think I've adjusted to being on that time scale because no. I I'm like I'm like I just want to be free <laughs> so when the kids are smaller I work for myself as well and it was always the case of especially in the summer um I was a gardener so oh, I still am a gardener but I'm a self-employed gardener then and it was like right it's three o'clock I can take the kids down the beach. I, like, I can get home, grab the kids, be at the beach for four, or I can earn another 30 quid. Well, let's get down the beach. Yeah. I mean, we were broke, but I, I had all that I had all that time to spend with the kids. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. like, like we always prioritized the time over the extra money. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I've done that now because like I say, Evan's 15 in September and it's just gone. It, right. like, I know, I know, I know that's a cliche. But I'm I'm looking at him earlier, and he's there, and he's got his headphones on the sofa, and he's grunting at me. And do you know what I mean? It's just like, hang on a minute, things are changing, and he's getting yeah, older. Yeah, 
So, so what does your summer look like? Well, I, again, with work, it's funny because we do summer hours and winter hours. So in the summer, I do like 46 hours a week. Right. And in the winter, I only do 30. Uh, um, but that split is from like from, from the middle of September, we go on to winter hours. So that's great. Okay. But ge- generally, it's um, me at work. Um, we went away, may have to. Um, so summer generally looks like me at work and the kids down the beach. Right. Because we're right on the south coast, you see. And then I might, if I haven't been baked in, all day in the sunshine, I might meet them after work or we'll go climbing somewhere or, you know, just chill out in the back garden. And we don't really do a lot. We try and get away. So we're certainly going to go away the first week in August. The last week in August, I've got booked uh, off. It's bank holiday weekend. And I take that one off because, it, you know, you can have a week off and only use four days holiday. So that's yeah. quite handy. Um, but we won't we won't try and go anywhere this time, um, mainly because for the first time in a long time, I'm in charge of getting the kids to school on their first day because um, Hazel's going back to work in September. Wow. She's managed to score herself a job as the apprentice libra- librarian at the kids' school. Oh, right, okay. So, so it's full-time, term yeah. time. Um, it's not a lot of money because it's an apprentice job. It's like £4.80 an hour. Right. Um, so that's going to be all new for us, having two parents working full-time. Is that so, purely a financially driven decision or was that something that you were always pa- you, planning? You, you, don't decide shit like, you don't decide stuff like that on £4.80 an hour, do you? I suppose not. No, no, no. Hazel, <laughs> no. So Hazel is uh, like she's the biggest champion for libraries and children's reading and all of that that I've ever met in my entire life. She's an absolute whirling dervish when it gets comes to like making sure kids have access to books. Not and not just our kids, just kids everywhere. So when we were living on the Isle of Wight. Um, the it was around 2013 2014 and it was like the first round of those tory the dem coalition cuts and the school lost their librarian and those and the library very quickly became a or the school library very quickly became a just a storage area and right. boxes part of boxes and all furniture no one wanted and it just just disappeared really and hazel started volunteering there and she'll go in one day a week and like within a couple of years it was literally the hub of the school like the beating heart of the school and she'd entered like you know you do world book day yeah well all the school libraries can enter com- enter competitions about and they do displays in the library and stuff and this school she was volunteering at they got like bronze medals and stuff and won like thousands of pounds worth of books to stock the libraries in that way oh right okay so then when we've moved here and she's found at this school there's not re- there's no librarian and there's not really a library of such there's a few shelves with some books on she's been volunteering there and she's grabbed hold of it and started to turn it around and then i don't know if they've found a job for her or they decided, you know, one way or another, this job's come up. And to be honest, it's not a lot of money. It's not enough money to make a difference to us. Okay. Um, in fact, we'll probably be worse off because it'll probably drop the universe, our universal credits down. Right. Yeah. So who knows? 
but so she's certainly not doing it for the money. No, but it's that's her thing. That's that, and if you can find a job that's your thing, you mean yeah. you're not really working, are you? No, that's it. And, and I, I haven't found that yet. No, not me. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing, I've been doing variations of my job, so job for like how old am I? Yeah, for like twenty odd years now, and it's. <laughs> What I am hoping is that, um, so if she's earning about five grand, I could go part-time on my job. So we still earn the same money, and but I, I lose five grand of my wage, and then that gives me more time for doing podcasting and stuff like that. Okay. Is that that's a plan? A, that's the, that, that is the in theory plan, whether it'll happen or not, I don't know. Okay. I did say to my wife, I'll ask my boss, and if my boss says about going part-time, and if the boss says no, I'll start looking for something else. So what I want to know is... With having so basically, and as misogynistic as this sounds, when um, Hazel goes back to work, I need to take on a bit more of the the house husband duties, if you like. I'm going to be a bit more around. Okay. It's like it's, it's like in the minute Hazel does the bulk of the cleaning, we share the cooking. She does all the kid stuff. To be honest, I got it pretty damn easy. That's the knowing look you've given me there. So, so I'm probably in a similar position to be right, honest. Okay. And uh, you know, don't tell my wife that I said no, that. No, but... no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just kind of looking towards things changing, and I think it could be a bit rocky for a start. But I'm hoping, like, she'll be happier because she's being fulfilled. That part that's being fulfilled again. The parts of her that are being fulfilled that I can't fulfill. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so it's all going to be a big big change and we'll see so we've got isaac's thing coming up hazel starting work yeah watch this space well i i found it a bit of a transition when because as i say my wife was off for quite a while with the furlough and, and then maternity so we got used to that and i was working from home at the same time so I was used to being around a bit more often, but she was still there and, and, and around to sort of run the house, let's say. Now, her hours are probably worse than mine, but she only does them three days a week. But my youngest goes to nursery with her, so they'll get up, get dressed and go. And then I'll be left with my eldest to sort breakfast out, make sure he gets dressed and then take him to school. Whereas at the moment, because I'm working from home and my hours are fairly good, I suppose. I can do that and then I can still come back and start work for nine o'clock from home, put the kettle on and, and, you know, start trolling through emails before I actually have to do anything. I'm not the greatest of morning people. So if I had to get up and run and do the school run as well as then do the, the commute to work, I would absolutely hate it. And I know there will be millions of people that have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm out the door at, seven i've got to be at work for half past seven at the minute so as i go out the door i'm making sure everyone else is up yeah including my wife because she'll lie there as long as she can if if i was in a situation where i could just get up and kind of look after myself and go i could probably do that Mm -hmm. but doing what my wife does and having to make sure everybody else is is up and, and on the way to getting ready by the time she's left i'd struggle (laughs) <laughs> I'll be up, so it's actually that's quite funny you say that actually because just to drop back onto Isaac very quickly so he had his um residential school trip so they went off to a camp and his teacher actually said that 
out of all the kids, bear in mind they're year five, so he, he's the eldest in there, so he's 10, nearly 11. Um, but out of all the kids there, he was like the most independent. Yeah, right. He could, he, he didn't need any help with his food, didn't need any help getting dressed, didn't need any help being told what to do. Um, part of that is because, like, you know, we get out and we do camping and all that all the time, so he knows exactly what he's doing. But yeah. he gets himself up in the morning, gets himself dressed and all of that. That's no bother. So to get that from the teacher was quite nice. But um, in terms of Hazel being back at work, what my concern is the kids coming home to an empty house. Right. Because they've never had that before. Yeah. Um. I've and and fortunately through the winter that like where I finish it at past three I can be home by four, so it's not that long. But if hey we we're not entirely sure what time Hazel finishes work either yet, so she doesn't finish till half past four, say. And it, it's not even that we don't trust them to not burn the house down or anything like that. It's just that it, it was always quite important to us that someone was at home for them, and now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and now we've got this. Hazel's got this opportunity that it should be silly not to take. It's just that readjustment, I suppose. So, it's having to work out your new your new routine yourselves, yeah. isn't it? And by the time you get used to it, I always remember as as like a kid, particularly a teenager, well, I would always get home and my parents wouldn't be in until probably five or half five. Well, see, I never did because we went to school in town, but we lived out on the farm, so Mum would always come in to pick us up. Right. So that so. You know, we wouldn't get home. We couldn't get home about mum or dad, they see. So yeah, it's yeah. So whether it, that just carries on, I don't know. My dad was self-employed and worked outside. Yeah. So I mean, in the winter, he'd probably be pottering about, but he'd always technically be working. I mean, he's always he's 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 made a living out of uh, looking busy doing nothing. Oh right, okay. <laughs> and I wasn't as good at it, so I had to leave and go elsewhere. But I think. Um, you know, if you compare to when we were kids and, and, and now our kids are, are growing up, you can kind of think, I think that helped me be independent, but then right. I always was independent. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's how my kids would be if that if they were in that situation when yeah. they're a bit older. Again, see, it's like, I know my kids, I, you, you could drop my kids on the side of a mountain and they could make themselves safe and they could find shelter and filter water and use a mapping compass and dig a hole to do their business and sort of, and they'd be absolutely fine. But I'm not entirely sure how about them being in the house on their own. Yeah. <laughs> you feel more comfortable leaving yeah. them at the mountain. <laughs> but then, to be honest, I feel more comfortable on a mountain than I do in my own home sometimes. <laughs> so. There you go. You're like going to ask a bit of adjustment and get used to your new routine. But yeah. Maybe that's one of the topics of uh, conversation that's going to come up for us again. I think it will be, yeah. Am I pulling my hair out? Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> or, or, or am I being strangled because I haven't cleaned the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what my wife said the other day to me, um, she was talking to her friend at work, and they were got talk on to talk about their partners, husbands, and, and what sort of roles that they both play. And like, I think a friend said that, Oh, my, my husband does majority of the cooking, but then I tend to do the majority of cleaning and most of the kids stuff. And my wife was like, yeah, that's pretty much the same for us. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Mm. I do cook a lot. Yeah. So I used to cook a lot more when, um, when I was self-employed, I used to do all the cooking. It's only really the last sort of year, 18 months that Hazel's really taken it on again, because when she was pregnant with Evan, our eldest, the act of cooking would bring on the morning sickness. Oh, right, yeah. But if I cook, she could eat. <laughs> yeah. 
so I started doing the cooking and then it never really went back and it's only, like I say, it's only been recently she's got back into it. So yeah. but she really enjoys that. So it'd be interesting to see how that balances out again. You know. It's just, so. yeah, you're just finding your roles again, aren't you, really? And the, you, you fall into a routine. Let's just hope it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so if other people are having similar issues, I'm sure they could let us know. They could, um, if they get anything out of this, they can give us a shout. Yeah, if you've got dad war stories or, or parenting stories that are along these lines that you want to share with us at talking dad uk at gmail.com um social media talking dad uk one and the new website that has just launched www.talkingdaduk.com nice and easy all in one place go and check that out and there is a become a guest tab on there which has a direct link to the email address so you can let us know your stories, share these little wins or your, um, what I was going to say, horror stories, but what else can we call them? Your struggles. Yeah, yeah. Share, share your little winners, share your struggles, share just what, if you want to share what's going on with you, if you relate to anything that we've spoken about today, if you're going back to work after a long time, if your partner's going back to work after a long time, if your kid's having issues and you're struggling with them a bit, I know what, you know, then... We haven't got the answers, have we? But by talking about them, we might come to some consensus, some kind of idea of what's going on. It always feels a little bit better after you've after you've talked about it and shared it, because you know, you know, you're not the only one. You won't yeah. be the only one ever. Um, very unlikely, isn't it? It could be. You know, it doesn't have to be difficult, does it? Like you're saying, if you if your kid scores the winning goal in the school football match and you're a dead proud dad, then tell us about it. Brilliant. Yeah. Sports days, someone's approaching. Oh, I, I, that's what I've got to do when I go back to work tomorrow. I need to check my calendar because there's a sports day coming up and I haven't really done anything to book it off. So I shall find out about that one. Thank you for listening to Talking Dad UK. You can keep updated on all things dad by checking out our website, www.talkingdaduk.com. Also launching the new Patreon page where you can join the paid tier Talking Dads Club. It's £3 a month. It helps offset some of the costs of podcasting and ensures that we can keep this ongoing resource library available for all. All the links will be in the show notes. Thanks for listening. 